Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likute Halachas, Yoradea, Hilchas Gerim, Halacha Gimel, Paragraph Chaf Beis. We dedicate the learning today, Leilu Nishmas, Yosef Ben Salcha, whose yard site is on the 26th of Av, and Leilu Nishmas, Yentefradal Vas Rabbi Shuaye, Harini Kapras Mishkava. And we dedicate the learning for a complete Rafu Shalema for Chaviv Chana Basgalia, Rochel Basgalia, <coughs> Gitaleya Bas Frumit, Aviv Chaya Bas Esther Mindel, Doniel Yeshua Ben Yente Freda Blima, Idis Bas Miriam Brindel, Michal Sora Bas Hadasa, Gitgenendel Bas Sipoira, Lebaleya Bas Sipoira, Necha Rochel Bas Hindaleya, Fruma Bas Genessa, Yehudis Nechoma Bas Miriam, Chaim Yitzhak Ben Chanarivka, Boruch Mordechai Ben Tali, Pesia Bas Chayester, Soralea Bas Chavaliba, Avigail Brocha Bas Shiradvoira, Chana Bas Sora, David Leid Ben Shena, Shlemenisa Ben Mazlavram David Ben Chana, Chaim Arye Ben Brocha, Chaim Ben Rachel, Soramaya Bas Tsipkorivka, Tuvietzvi Ben Chayaliza, Avivilon Bas Yispendel, Sorocha Bas Yispendel, Yehudis Ruchoma Bas Chavarus, Betzal Yechiel Michel ben Tchiachava, David ben Behia, Shendel Basleya, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, and Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Shlomo ben Rivka Shprinza, Chaim Tzvi ben Voiraleya. Rav Nosenzal says now, we had started, in the previous paragraph, we started quoting from the Arizal a little bit of what takes place when a person goes to sleep at night, what happens with their neshama, and how it relates also to what takes place on Rosh Hashanah. Now Rav Nosen is going to continue discussing this. Nimza shebalayla shehi histalkus hamoichen b'china sheina oz nistalek hamishpot mehoodon v'oila hamishpot l'ashem isborach. At night, when a person closes their eyes, they go to sleep, the brain shuts down. And, and the mishpat, the power of mishpat, the power of judgment, also leaves the person and is returned to Hashem. V'ashem yisporach b'yatzmoi mamshich koyach ha-mishpat lahamalchus, and it's Hashem himself who draws this power of justice and judgment into the malchus, shehi b'chinas shem, we learned earlier that Malchus is associated with the Shem, Boruch Shem Kevoid Malchus Shena, to protect the person during sleep. We know that when a person is asleep, they're very vulnerable to different forces of tumor affecting the person. And this is why when a person during sleep, a person requires major protection. And all of that is dependent on the degree that the person was involved in healthy mishpat during the day. What is mishpat? Based on the good deeds that the person did throughout the day, the study of Torah, tefillah, other mitzvahs, that will determine the level of protection that a person has during sleep not to have any bad dreams or any other negative things that could happen during that time 
as is brought in Sforim. <clears throat> all the good deeds that a person does, whereby the person does good and avoids doing bad, that's also an example of a person performing mishpat, a judgment. Bechinas, as the Pasuk says in Telem, Chishafti drochai v'oshiva raglai el I thought carefully about my ways and I made sure to return my feet to your mitzvahs. A person's walking throughout the day, they're going forward and they can go in a bad direction or in a good direction. And a person thinks carefully to judge properly what's a good direction to go in, what's this going to produce and what's that going to produce. And when midnight comes, at that point in time, throughout the night, the malchus is the malchus, which is another word for the shechina, is getting smaller and smaller. And at chatzois, it's at its smallest point. And the malchus goes down, down, all the way down into places of tumor. And then the Malchus, the Shechina, cries out, pleading to be rescued from there, to be given the assistance that it needs to get out of there. Why did it go down there in the first place? To try to search for holy sparks that have fallen into the domain of Tumah. Because as every hour of sleep continues, from when a person first goes to sleep, as they're sleeping, the power of mishpat diminishes. It becomes weaker. And therefore, any person who really cares about Hashem's honor and about their own soul that person has to push themselves, to motivate themselves with tremendous motivation to get up exactly at midnight. And by the person getting up at that time, the person turns on the mishpat that was shut down while the person was sleeping. Bebechinas, as the Pasuk says in Telem, Ho'ira ve'ho'kitza le'mishpoti. Wake up to my justice, le'mishpoti. Bechinas, chatzois la'ila okum lo'hoides l'cho al mishpetei tzidkecho. And as Dovra Melech says in Telem, <coughs> at midnight I get up to praise you, Hashem, over your justice, over your judgments. So we see that the getting up at midnight is what turns on, what activates this mishpat. And through mishpat, as we learned earlier, <coughs> that when you want to rescue holy sparks, when you want to bring people close to Kedusha, you need this power of mishpat, which is like a fire. You need that to burn away the negativity. So through this mishpat, he lifts up the malchus, which is the name, the nefesh. And that's a tremendous opportune time to build 
this Heichal HaKodesh. Heichal HaKodesh is this palace where a person is bringing people close to Hashem through this Mishpah. V'yalkein Mesablinoz al Churban Beis And this is why one of the most important things that we do at that time, those people that get up at midnight, is to mourn over the destruction of the Beis HaMikdosh. Shenechrav alidei kilkula mishpat kanal, which we learned earlier that one of the major items that destroyed the Beis HaMikdosh was the fact that there was no justice. There was tremendous injustice at the time. V'chol hamesabel al Yerushalayim zoiche veroye besimchasa ubebinyona. And the Gemara says at the end of Tainus, that any person who mourns over the destruction of the Beis Mikdash will get to see the joy and the rebuilding of the Beis Mikdash. Nimtza. So therefore we conclude. Shal yidei shemesablen al churban Beis Mikdash al oiskim bebinyonoi. That by being involved in mourning the destruction of the Beis Mikdash, we're actually being involved in building the Beis Mikdash. And the Beis Hamikdash is an example of this Heichal HaKodesh, <coughs> where people were drawn close to Hashem. And this is why, again, one of the very important avoidos of Chatzois, those people that get up at midnight, one of the very important things to make sure to do is to study Torah. Ki HaTorah Nikres Mishpat because the Torah is called Mishpat, Mishpatei Hashem Emes. Shom Samloi Choyku Mishpat. There are many places in the Torah. Ve'ela HaMishpatin. Ki Iker Kiyum Heichel HaKodesh Wa'idei HaMishpat Kanal. Because as we learned earlier, one of the critical components in order for this Heichel HaKodesh to be built and to be able to survive is this Mishpat. And all of this were involved in activating and arousing this mishpat from midnight till daylight. And then when it becomes light outside, that's when the mishpat really becomes clear. The justice really becomes clear. There's a posse, And that's when Hashem, the mishpat is seated on a proper throne. As the posse says, Base David, Dinu Laboiker Mishpat. The house of King David, judge in the morning, perform your judgments. Beis David Daika. Note it's referring specifically to the house of Dovid Amelech. Ki Beis David hu bechinas malchus shehi bechinas kisei mishpat. Because the house of Dovid Amelech, Dovid Amelech represents the malchus, the holy kingdom, which is this throne of justice. Again, we have a pasuk Melech bemishpat yamederetz. A king with mishpat establishes the country. That's how he rules the country. That's how he controls the country. question in the chat about two kinds of mishpat, we're going to come to that soon. Rabbi Nosanzal is going to show us 
that in the chapter on Likuti Moran that this halach is based on chapter 59, Rabbeinu Sal is actually speaking about two types of mishpat. We'll see. Paragraph Chav Gimel, V'zeh Bechinas Tzitzisut Filin. Rav Sal now is going to show us how a Jew, how a Jewish man gets up, when is he supposed, when is the best time to get up? It's at midnight. And if a person can, to do that, to do Avoidas Hashem from midnight till morning, and in the morning he puts on tzitzis and tefillin, shezmanom misheherayoyin. And the correct time for putting on tzitzis and tefillin is from when it starts, when it's going to start getting light. After Alois Hashachar. Because the mitzvah of tzitzis and tefillin also correspond to the circle and the square that we spoke about earlier. Yad v'shem hanal. Tzitzis hi bechinas igula. Tzitzis corresponds to the circle, bechinas kisei, as we said, as we learned earlier. The Navi Necheskel, when he describes the throne of Hashem, uses that term eagle, circular. Ki tzitzis hi bechinas makifin, bechinas igulim, kemuva bedivra Rabbeinazal. Because Rabbeinazal shows in chapter 5, I believe in the second half of Likut Imran, that tzitzis represents this circle. These makifin, like a halo around the head, that knowledge which a person hasn't yet received. It's like a circle around the person's head. We know there's a Pasuk in Tilim, Choyne Malach Hashem Sovivli Reyov. The angel of Hashem rests around those who fear Hashem. And the Arizal quotes that Pasuk regarding the mitzvah of Tzitzis, the Talis. We wrap ourselves around with Tzitzis, with the Talis. So the Talis is this concept of eagle, circular, circling us, surrounding us. And that's associated with the throne. Because we know that in tzitzis, one of the main aspects of tzitzis is the tcheles, that blue wool. And that blue wool, it's brought, represents the throne of Hashem, Kaviochel. The Kamuva Betikunim, as is brought in the Tikune Zoya, the Gemara says that the sea reflects the sky, the sky is blue, and the blue of the sky reflects the throne of Hashem, Kaviochel. Ubatsitsis Mesakin Kursayel Kuchibrichu. And the Tikune Zoya tells us through the mitzvah of Tzitzis, we establish a throne for Hashem. So Tzitzis is this eagle. The circle. Tfilin hey bechinas ribua, whereas tfilin are square. Bechinas tfilin meruboin bitfaron va'alach soinon varba parshes. We know everything about the tfilin is square. The boxes are square. The tfilrois have to be perfectly square. The four parshes. Shekolze bechinas ribua. All of this is that concept of the square we spoke about earlier. Bechinas mishpat which represents judgment because the Kayin Gadol wore the Choshen Mishpat, which was square. Ki Tfilin Loshen Mishpat. And Rav Nosson Zal now adds another proof to show that Tfilin is associated with Mishpat. Kimuva Loshen Plila. The word <coughs> Tfilin, the, the Tur Shulchanor brings, the word Plila means judgment, Plilim. 
ki, ki, and, and the, the word tefillin is associated with that. Ki mishpat hu bechinas moichen. Because mishpat is an aspect of a person's seichel. Sheze bechinas tefillin, shehein bechinas moichen kayadua. And the Arizal teaches us that when a person is putting on tefillin, that's when they're taking on the tefillin represent moichen, seichel of kedusha that goes into the head of a person. All right, so that's during the six days of the week. The Shabbos, Shehi Bitul Harakanal. Now, Shabbos, which we saw earlier, Shabbos represents a time when all evil is eliminated. We say in Kigavna on Friday night that all Klipois, all Sitrachra leave when it comes to Shabbos. And we know the word Shabbos is Miloshin Tashbi Lahashbis, which means to destroy. That on Shabbos all forces of Tumor are destroyed. Alkain ain't Therefore there's no need to activate this Mishpat. Vialkain ain donin Bishabis And this is why Jewish courts do not sit in session on Shabbos Oyantiv. Vialkain ain manichin tfilin Bishabis. And that's why we don't wear tefillin on Shabbos. Because on Shabbos, there's no need for us to activate this mishpat to eliminate the Ra. Because on Shabbos, the Ra is eliminated automatically. The Shekhinah rests on Shabbos. It's not doing battle against Ra on Shabbos. It's not going into that domain of the Sitrachra, None of that. V'yalkein, paragraph Chavdalit, V'yalkein, koidem Shabbos, and therefore, right before, before Shabbos is about to begin, she'oz oilen kol hanitzoitzois, v'nechlolen bigdusha, b'knisas Shabbos, where the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that when Shabbos comes in, all holy sparks that were in the mud that were in the domain of the Sitrachra, all of them come out and they get they return into the domain of holiness. Now when these holy sparks are leaving, are getting out of the mud, we're afraid that some of that mud is going to come with them. We're afraid that some of the tumor is going to try to get jump on the bandwagon and come inside to the Kiddushu also. Therefore, the Zohar Kodesh tells us that on Friday afternoon, a fire comes down from heaven, the Soirefaisan, and burns away those forces of Ra that would want to attempt to get in, to get into the Kedusha. This is this fire of Mishpat that we've been learning about the whole time. And this is why the Arizal says it's important for a Jew to take a hot shower or a hot bath on Erev Shabbos. When a person does that, by us doing that action down here, that activates this Shalhuva Deisha, this heavenly fire that comes down and burns away the Sitrachra, separates the Klippas from the sparks of Kedusha so that they shouldn't be able to get in also. <clears throat> and after the hot shower, we go into Tursen dips in the mikveh, Shehu Bechinas Ribua. The mikveh represents the square 
Bechinas mem hanal, bechinas mem so shalamikva. We said that the square was the mem sofit, which is what a mikveh is all about, because the minimum quantity of water in a mikveh is forty so, which is this mem, this square. Because when that fire of mishpat comes down to burn away the evil, at that point, the mishpat is no longer a power of din, but rather it's purely rachamim and chesed. Bechinas hachasodim as the, the, the Sifrei Kabbalah speak about the waters of Chesed, Bechinas Vayigal Kamayim Mishpot, Vayigal Kamayim Mishpot, his justice will flow like water. So we see that the Mishpot can become Chesed, can lean towards Chesed once it accomplishes the job that it needed to do with its fire aspect, with its din aspect. Ki Mishpot Amudadam Tzaisa, because we know that Mishpot is in the middle, Mishpat is a combination of chasodim and gvurois. Shekolu rachmei vedina. It includes in it both rachmonis and din. Eish umayim, fire and water. Question in the chat, that based on what we said before about Shabbos, that on Shabbos all the klipos disappear, all din disappears, and that's why courts do not sit in session, Jewish courts do not sit in session on Shabbos, then why do we have Hispoidus on Shabbos? Isn't Hispoidus, doesn't Hispoidus awaken Mishpat? The answer is that on Shabbos the Hispoidus is different from the weekdays in the, fa- in the fact that we don't do confession on Shabbos, we don't mention our Averis on Shabbos. During the week, a major important part of this Boedidus is vidui, confession. On Shabbos, there's no vidui. And we don't, go into, we don't go into that place. Shabbos is a major force of tshuva. It's brought that the commandment to do tshuva in the Torah <coughs> is v'shavto ad Hashem And the word shavto, you will return, makes up the letters Shabbos. So Shabbos is a time for tshuva. However, the tshuva is different on Shabbos than it is during the week. We don't confer, we don't mention our Averos in any way. We ask Hashem to be zeichet to tshuva, to be zeichet to, to improve, to be zeichet to correct the mistakes that we've made, the things that we've done wrong. But we don't go into any detail. We don't mention the, the actual wrongdoings. Now, Rav Zal continues, <coughs> because this is the secret that's found in the writings of the Arizal that we touched on on the previous page in paragraph Chafalif. <coughs> the Arizal explains that when Hashem and the Shekhinah, when Zeranpen and Malchus start out, they're in this status of back-to-back. They're connected back-to-back. And at that point in time, Zeranpin is a combination of Chasodim and Gvurois. Chesed, Gvura, Tiferes, Netzach, Hoid, Yesoi. 
Ubishas Hanasira. However, when that slicing takes place, when Hashem slices them apart and separates them, Shenasa Alidei Hashena Becholayla, which takes place during sleep, when we go to sleep at night, just like by Adam and Chava, we're told that they were originally created like Siamese twins, back to back. And in order for them to be able to get married, to be able to produce children, Hashem had to put Adam Arishan to sleep, in a deep sleep, and that's when Hashem sliced them apart, <clears throat> and so that they were able to turn around and be able to unite face to face. So the Vechein Barosh Hashanah, and so too this same process <clears throat> takes place on Rosh Hashanah. That's why we blow the shofar. The shofar is a wake-up call. Who are we waking up? Who went to sleep? The answer is, the Arizal explains that this process of sleep is reenacted every year on Rosh Hashanah. Remember, Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of Adam Arishon. Adam was created on the sixth day of creation, on Friday. The world was created on Chof HaYel. <clears throat> and through this process, all of the Gvurais are fed into the Malchus. Zeranpen empties out all of its Gvurais into the Malchus, and Zeranpen at that point remains Kuloi Chesed. The Hainu Kanal, this fits beautifully with what we just said earlier. Step one is to activate that fire of Mishpat, to burn away the Ra, that it shouldn't attach itself to the heart of the one who's doing this outreach, who's trying to bring these people close to Hashem. And then that whole fire, which is the, the aspect of Gvura, gets fed into the Malchus. Shehi Bechinas Heichal HaKodesh. The Heichal HaKodesh is a Malchus. Because we said the word Heichal is Bigematria Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, which is Hashem's name for Malchus. Odoin means a ruler, a king. So these Gvurois get fed into the Malchus, which is this Heichal HaKodesh in order to eliminate the Ra and to block the Ra from being able to have any negative effect on this Seichel HaKodesh. Vioz nishar ha-mishpot bebechinas meimei ha-chasodem levad. And once all of that fire is fed into the Malchus, at that point the Mishpot, which is Zeranpin, now remains purely Rachamim. Bebechinas Rachamecho Rabim Hashem. There's a pasuk Hashem, your kindness is great, and it uses Hashem's name Yud Kevavke there, which in, in, in this context refers to Zeranpin. This is what we just was, were learning with something deep from the Arizal. Rav Zal sometimes does this. He goes into the writings of the Arizal to show us that some of the things that the Arizal explains there, Al Pikabola, how they apply to us during our lives how we are going through those kind of procedures in, in different things that we do during our lifetime. Here he's showing us that in this process of bringing people close to Hashem and trying to include them in this Heichal HaKodesh, this process that the Arizal describes is, is being performed also. Vezeh Bechinas HaTvila Shelager 
Achar Hamila. And with this we could understand the second step that a ger has to go through in order to convert. First he has to have a bris mila, and then he has to dip in the mikvah. Shehi bechinas eish hamishpat, cherev pifios kanal, bechinas kisei kanal. This is, this is all tied into this fire of mishpat, this double-edged sword that we spoke about earlier, the kisei. V'yachakach, shechoitchen hora shehu ha'orla, ayidei cherev pifios kanal, and by the ger going through the bris mila, where that knife is used to cut away the orla, achakach nishar hamishpa. So we use that power of din, that fire. <coughs> we use that fire to remove the orla. Achakach nishar hamishpat bebechinas rachamim. At that point, the mishpat is has emptied out its din. Now it's in a state of rachamim bebechinas meime hachasodim, which is referred to as the waters of chesed. And that's this second step that the ger goes through of toiveling in a mikvah, which is a minimum of 40 saw. And this is also the concept of a person bathing in the morning or toiveling in the mikvah, to affect this process that we've described here. We'll just finish the, this paragraph. And with this we understand what the Zohar HaKadosh says when it describes what takes place at night and what takes place in the morning. When the nighttime spreads its wings, which means when it becomes dark. The gates of Gan Eden close. And the forces, Midas Hadin, the forces of darkness, of Tumah, of Din, spread out in the world. And the world at that point is being controlled, is being guided by the Queen, which is the Malchus, the Shechina, the Midas Hadin. This is exactly what we learned earlier. During the night time, a person's brain shuts down. The moichen leave. And the term moichen is used in Sifrei Kabbalah to be synonymous with the gates of Gan Eden. This again is an example of person, the person realizing that in that state, I, I don't have moichen, I don't have my brain shut down. I can't judge. So therefore the judgment is given over to Hashem. And then these forces of Midas Hadin go out. And the world is being led by the queen. All of these different things that we listed along the way that were all part of the same chain. Because we are giving over to the Malchus, to the Shechina, this power of Mishpat, that the Malchus should take revenge for the gun. The Malchus should go into the domain of the Sitra on a rescue mission to try to extract from there all kinds of holy sparks and neshamos 
that fell into the mud to be able to get them out of there. Hakoil Kanal, all of this is, as we explained earlier, Vahovain. And Rabbi Nosanzal says, understand this. This isn't easy. Question in the chat is Mishpat associated more with the square or more with the circle? The answer is it's with both. Rabbein Azal shows there in the Kutimran that we have the term Kisei Mishpat. Kisei, the, kise, the throne of, ju- of justice, the throne of judgment. The term Kisei is the eagle, the circle. The Mishpat is the Choshen Mishpat that the Kohen Gadol wore, which is square. And we see throughout that it's a combination of both of them that both of these are working together to complete the process that we're learning about. Paragraph Chafei, now Rav Nosazal brings it down to us, what we are experiencing today. And with this, we'll understand the long, difficult exile that we are going through now, which there never was an exile like this before. Mitzrayim, we were there for 210 years. The Golis Bovel was 70 years. Now it's over 2,000 years that we're in Golis. Kikvar Ovru Kol Hakitsin. Because all of the different dates that the Gemara gives. When the Gemara says, when this happens, you'll know the Golis is over. When this happens, you'll know the Golis is over. All of those things have already happened. So, so then, then why, hasn't, why aren't we at a Golis? The Gemara says, The only thing left that needs to be done in order to get us out of this Golis is Tshuva. Ki achshav Hashem Yisborach because Hashem wants this geula that we're waiting for now to be final, that there should never ever again be a golus. And therefore, this requires that all of Klal Yisrael do tshuva, and sort out all the good from the bad. And get rid of all the bad. As the Gemara says in the beginning, Moshiach ben David will not come until all the Neshamas have been used up. Meaning all the different Neshamas have been in this world and done whatever they needed to do. And this expression in the Gemara is similar to the terminology that's used by the Arizal of completing the process of rectifying all the holy sparks. And as we learned earlier, it's impossible to make, bring people back in tshuva and, and, and gerim and to sort out, to, to correct all of these birurim without mishpat, shehu sora, which burns away the negativity. The oz nivne heichal al yidei 
Once you've succeeded in burning away that Ra, in addressing that Ra, now you can bring the souls close to Hashem. You can build this Heichal HaKodesh. V'azai bone Heichal HaKodesh gam begashmis. And then we will see the building of the Heichal HaKodesh, meaning the Beis Hamikdosh, the physical Heichal HaKodesh, which is the Beis Hamikdosh. The Armoin al Mishpoto Yeshev. As the Pesach says in Yirmiyah the palace of Hashem will sit in its proper, just place. It'll al Mishpoto Yeshev. Rabbi Nosanel says, look at the wording there, al Mishpoto Yedaika. The Torah makes it clear that this is what needs to be corrected. This is what needs, needs to be established. Ki ikr binyan beis Because one of the critical, critical factors in building the beis hamikdash is this mishpat. And this is a very, very important point that we've mentioned many times, and it's never enough. We see from here, and we had this in the Shir on Chaim Oran that we had yesterday, that there's no such thing that the philosophy and the ideology and the process that, that's being promoted today of unconditional love and pure love and love and all of that is a big mistake. You cannot, you cannot bring people close to Hashem properly. You cannot correct problems that need to be corrected with unconditional love. There has to be a healthy combination of Yira and Ahava. The left side, we say the left hand pushing away, the right hand bringing close. The left hand represents the weaker hand, meaning there's no question at all that we're not, they're not both the same voltage, but there has to be this element, a recognition of consequences, a realization of, of, of punishment, consequences, and, and, and a recognition of the negativity. And unless we address that, we cannot possibly succeed in bringing people close to Hashem or close to us in a health, that it should be a healthy relationship. This is a, a very, very important point. Rab Nosanzal says now, Ach yesh rishoyim, and so till now, we're talking about bringing, repairing the bed and bringing everybody close, etc., etc. But Rabbi Nizal adds a very important point in that chapter on Ikut Imran and in other places where he talks about this. There are people who are evil, who are like the Erev Rav, where it's forbidden to bring them close. It's forbidden to bring them into this because the power of mishpat that we have isn't strong enough, isn't good enough to be able to turn them around, to be able to fix them. As the Pasuk says, Your mishpat is, is above him. It can't come down to where he's at. It can't fix him. As Rabbi Nezal explains very thoroughly in chapter 59 in the Kutimran, which this halach is based on. And this is why majority of the time and majority of cases, 
we don't know how to apply this mishpat. How can a person go into this mission of outreach, reaching out to people who are far from Hashem, people who are involved in sin, Maybe these people that you're looking at, that you want to bring close, maybe they're Erevrav, maybe they're in the category where you're not allowed to. You cannot bring them close now. You bring them in, not only are you not going to turn them around, but they will damage, they'll do harm to people who are already in. Because it's definitely impossible for a human being to really know all of this, to be able to know clearly who is, which is the klipa that's all evil that you cannot be makarav, and which is klipa snoiga that's good and bad, where you have, it is possible to be makarav. Afilu tzadikim hagedoilim b'malam Even those tzadikim who are on a very, very high level, even for them this is very difficult. Mikolshkein haktanim how much more so people who aren't great tzaddikim. We find that even Moshe Rabbeinu made an error in this area of trying to be Makarav the Erevrav, who were in the category of Rishon, who he wasn't really allowed to be Makarav at that time. To the point where Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Lech raid, go down, when Moshe Rabbeinu was up in heaven. <clears throat> because your nation messed up. Why Amcha? Amcha meaning the people who you are Makariv, who I told you not to be Makariv, the Erevrav. As Rabbeinu Zal again speaks about this over there in chapter 59 in Likut Yemran. Ve'im Cain. And if we see that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to, to have an error in this, what can little shrimps like us, means like moss in the wall, <coughs> what, what, how can we expect to get this right? Because Moshe Rabbeinu was definitely to perfection of mishpot. He's the one who gave us the Torah, Mishpot, which is the safer of Mishpot. And when Hashem gave the Torah on Har Sinai, which is when the whole Jewish nation became close to Hashem, all of us were in this category of Balei Tshuva and Geirim, then Moshe Rabbeinu and Kaiser were to activate those malochim, these fiery malochim, this fire of mishpat to the highest level possible. As it says clearly in the Torah, we heard the words of Hashem coming from the fire. So there was, we had that fire. The voice of Hashem shoots forth with flaming fire. This is all the fire of Mishpat that we're talking about here. 
and, and the truth is that Moshe Rabbeinu was successful. He achieved a major success. He did succeed in eliminating the Ra completely. Because the Gemara says in Shabbos that that negativity that the original snake injected into Chava by the Eitz Hadas, that terminated, that was eliminated completely when the Jews stood at Har Sinai. All of this is an example of eliminating the Ra completely through this fire of Mishpat. And yet, despite that, after all of that, the Erev Rav came along and messed it up. To the point where Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, Leich Raid, go down. You can't stay on the high level you were on before. Because the Erev Rav at that point in time were in the category of Rishoim who he wasn't allowed to be Makariv. Because the Mishpat isn't powerful enough to challenge their power at that time. If that's Moshe Rabbeinu, how much more so other people? We definitely cannot rely on our Mishpat alone. That we're going to have a powerful enough Mishpat to eliminate all the Ra's, that no harm should come to us or to the Echel HaKodesh. But rather, we have to judge ourselves a lot over every single move that we make, over every single thing. In order to activate that fire in the heart, that fire of Mishpat, and then afterwards to give over the mishpat to Hashem as the Torah says the mishpat really belongs to Hashem we are not really qualified to do this mishpat perfectly to beg Hashem that Hashem should give me the chachma and the das so that I should be able to have mishpat in my words so that each person should hear exactly what they're supposed to hear not more, not less and those people that are supposed to come close should come close <clears throat> and those people that are supposed to be pushed away should be pushed away so that we should be able to know who to speak to and who not to speak to and how to speak and when to speak and how much and knows all the different details about how to go about this correctly this is the most dangerous and difficult mission in Klal Yisrael trying to bring people close to Hashem people, people who are distant from Hashem because it's impossible for a person to be able to make these calculations perfectly on their own. Especially 
now during this Golis that we're in now, where for 2,000 years, over 2,000 years, we don't have a Beis HaMikdosh. We don't have the miracles that we were able to see before so clearly. We don't have the Tzadikim on the level of the Tzadikim that we had earlier. And Golis is compared to nighttime. And as we saw earlier, nighttime is a time when we know we don't have moichin. We don't have that clarity of thinking. And then we give over the mishpat to Hashem. We have to say, Hashem, you guide me, you lead me. Just like David Amel says in Tehillim, that incredible, important statement in the first chapter of Tikkun HaKloli, chapter 16, Ato toimich goiroli. Hashem, whenever there's a goirol, goirol means there's two possibilities, there's two choices. Hashem, you put my hand on the right choice. You guide me to make the right choices. Yes, speak, no speak. Say this, don't say this. Say it now, don't say it now. The same exact words, the person says it at the wrong time. The Gemara says, that when somebody gets, when you do something wrong and somebody gets angry at you, if you apologize at that moment, very often you're putting oil on the fire. You have to wait till that fire dies down a little bit and then apologize. But again, don't wait too long. You wait too long and, and you sometimes you wait too long and the person says if it took you this long to apologize then forget it you don't really know what there's so many different variables and so many different factors involved in the interaction the interplay with people and this is why it's so important that this is one of the things we beg Hashem for Rabbi Nezal said every morning when he would start his day he would say to Hashem I'm giving over everything into your hands and I'm begging you to guide every thought, every word that comes out of my mouth, every action, to make the right choices and the right decisions, especially, especially when we're dealing with people. Rav Zal once said, I'm not afraid to analyze and to be able to understand the deepest maram shiv, but to say I understand a pers- another person, which person can say they understand another person? that they know what makes that person tick, what's going on inside the other person, that I know what that person needs to hear, exactly what they need to hear right now, at this point in time. And this is where there's a tremendous need for direction from Hashem, pleading with Hashem, making it clear to Hashem that Hashem, I don't know. We say in Tachnun, V'anachnu lo'in eida manaseh. Hashem, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are looking to you. We're looking to you for guidance. Lead us. Hashem, lead me with your MS. Not with my MS. Not with his MS. Many people think they know what's right. And they're going to prescribe. They know the, the right solution. The right advice. And here we're being given example by Moshe. That there was room for error by Moshe Rabbeinu. Now tell me which person thinks he's so smart that, that they know how to do this. They know how to do this the right way. Because now, during this long golos, especially when we're coming towards the end, when we hear the footsteps of Moshiach, Moshe Rabbeinu must come down and cloak himself 
in all of Klal Yisrael, ule hisgalgeli mohem, and to be reincarnated inside of all of Klal Yisrael, kedei lesakein hapegam shepogam bamishpot, b'mashikir v'soyerv in order for Moshe Rabbeinu to correct whatever damage was done, whatever mistake occurred in the judgment of being Mekarev the Erev Rav. Kemuva betikunim ubezoyer HaKodesh bekama mekoimois. As the Zoyer HaKodesh speaks about this in many places, that Moshe Rabbeinu is found in every generation and he comes into the tzaddikim and sometimes into all of Klal Yisrael in order to correct what Moshe Rabbeinu needs to correct. Nimtza which means that we now have to correct the damage that was done by the Erev Rav using the power of Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> Rabbeinu Zal says in a chapter in the Kutim Ran, we find the word Mechoikeik. There's a pasuk called Mechoikeik Mibain Raglov, which refers to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe was the one who carved out the Torah for us. And it's brought that the word Mechoikek is 248. And Rabbeinu Zal says that, that Moshe Rabbeinu is found in every one of the 248 organs in our body. Unless a person gets drunk, Rabbeinu Zal says there in that Torah, then they lose that connection. And for this reason, the mishpat, the ability to judge properly and justice, is very, very hidden. And there's nobody that really knows and understands with their own knowledge how to calculate this mishpat. If we're told that even Moshe Rabbeinu lost some of his level, he dropped down from his level as a result of being Makar of the Erev Rav. And this is why the Pesach says in Eicha, in describing this Golos, Vatered Peloim, that we go, we've gone down Peloim, wondrously, Pele. The word Pele is used to refer to Kesa, the highest level, and here the Peloim, the Pele means we've gone down, f- further down than you could ever imagine. And the end is incredibly hidden. We don't see any iota, we don't see any drop of light of, uh, at the end of the tunnel. As the Pasuk says in Doniel, How long are we going to be waiting for this end that's so wondrous? And all of this is because of the mishpat is so hidden, is so messed up. That we have to correct the damage that was done through the, the, that, the injustice in, in the Erev Rav. This mishpat is very, very deep and very hidden. As the Pasuk says in Chomish Dvarim, the Torah uses this term Pele regarding the Mishpat that there are times that the Mishpat is Pele it's so far above anything you could imagine and when it falls down it goes down to a place that we would never imagine that the Mishpat would get messed up to what we see today going on 
everything being upside down, everything in society being turned upside down, and therefore we have to judge ourselves properly. We have to be able to be really honest with ourselves. And then afterwards, give over the mishpat to Hashem, only to Hashem, to say, Hashem, only you know that second category of mishpat, which means how, to de- how I should deal with other people. As the Pasuk says, the mishpat belongs to Hashem. And then the next paragraph, Rav Nassim Sal is going to explain this, that there's, again, there's two mishpats here going on. There's judging myself, where that I can do, I can try to be as honest as possible as I can with myself. But then when it comes to judging how to deal with other people, that nobody is qualified to do on their own. That mishpat a person has to give over, plead with Hashem, beg Hashem that only you know exactly what I should say, what I shouldn't say, that the whole process of mishpat regarding other people. Mitzvah Hashem will continue this in the next year. Any questions? I have a question. A moment. Question is it because of this Tikkun Mishpat that needs to be completed before Mashiach comes that we have such a balagan in Israel with the Mareches Hamishpat? The answer is definitely, and it's not just in Eretz Yisrael, it's in America also. I just read an article recently, five, ten pages, showing crystal clear the type of justice that was applied to the previous president and the type of justice being applied to today's president. And they wrote a hundred or five hundred things describing in detail dates and time, exactly and who the people involved and exactly how they treated this person trying to make up all kinds of lies to make this person look guilty, 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 and how they treated the current president of the United States, who, who we see a hundred proofs of his guilt, his involvement in illegal activities, and how every department of justice in the American government and society is doing everything they can to cover it up and to make up all kinds of tricks to block it. So this is the entire legal system question, how do we apply Azamra to this teaching of being forbidden to attempt to be Makar of Rishoim, and how do we know who they are and aren't, and simple Tinoikim Shanishba, aren't they simple Shanishba? The answer is that everything you're saying is true. There are a hundred or a million different factors going on here. There's judging everybody there's Mishpat, there's Erevrat, there's all of these, and they're all true. The, the Torah isn't, isn't ABC. It isn't, for, for, it isn't a kindergarten. The Torah goes from, from pre-pre-kindergarten to, to the depth of Hashem's wisdom. And we need, to know, we need to know where we are on this ladder, and we need to know how to, to try to employ these different factors. But in terms of when, exactly when and how to employ them, we need to look to the tzaddikim, to the leaders of Klal Yisrael for guidance. Sometimes we see a tzaddik pushing somebody away 
And we're wondering, how could he do that? Why isn't he judging him l'kafzchus? You think he doesn't know about the judging? You think he doesn't know that? But he knows the, the great tzaddikim. It's only the greatest tzaddikim that have this knowledge. And, and for us, we need to study the writings, the teachings of the tzaddikim. And we need shimush chachamim, a lot of... And we need guidance from tzaddikim every step of the way. If we see Rab Nasanzal running to Rabbeinazal again and again, I don't get it. Before he came to Rabbeinazal, he knew the Gemara, he knew the Shulchanah, he knew, he knew so much. And when he first came to Rabbeinazal, he's writing Sfarim already. He needs all of his guidance? The answer is yes. He needed all of his guidance. And Yehoshua needed guidance from Moshe Rabbeinu till the day that Moshe Rabbeinu left the world. And afterwards, to go to the Kever, to go to Kivrit Sadiqim, and to plead with them there to continue to guide us. That just like while they were <coughs> involved, when they were physically living in this world, they were involved in guiding us and leading us to plead with them that they should continue to use their powers, their divine powers, to guide us and lead us. Question? The answer is that in today's show, we didn't have that much. We had a little bit about it, where he spoke about the two steps in conversion, which are bris milah, which is cutting away the ra, that elimination of the ra, and then toivling in the mikvah. A mikvah, which is our boim saw, which is the mishpah, the, the square, the ribua, all of those things. In the previous shirim, he spoke about it more, more at length about the gerim. But gerim and balei are similar in a certain sense. A ger is a more extreme case of somebody who's a goy. He's part of the 70 nations. And the 70 nations have 70 different flavors of tumah, of ra. And in order for him to get out of there and come and join Klali soil, we have to recognize that ra. And we have to do something to get that ra out of him. And there it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the bris mila, it's the toiveling in the mikvah, and it's pushing the, the, the halacha says that we don't welcome Geirim right away. First we try to convince them not to convert. We tell them, what are you doing? This is the last thing you need in your life is to become a Jew. You become a Jew, you're going to take on a lot more responsibilities and you're going to be persecuted. People are going to hate you. People don't like the Jews now. The most of the world hates Yidin. And that's all part of this mishpat, this pushing away with the left hand. And if he passes the test, if he says, I don't care, I know that I'm not even worthy of what, but I want to join, then we bring close with the right hand. And again, the Shulchan Aruch describes exactly what and when and how. Baruch Hashem.